Hello, I'm Marie Palmer, your door-to-door storyteller, and I'd like to give you a story. This story is called Blessed Margaret of Costello by Megan C. Gannon. A long time ago, in the year 1287, there lived a brave nobleman and his wife. They lived in a castle called Matola, which is southeast of what is now Florence, Italy. They were very excited because they were expecting a baby. They were hoping for a son to follow in his father's footsteps and become the next great military leader of their country. They wanted all the people to share in their happiness when the baby was finally born. So they planned a great feast with many celebrations for everyone. The whole country was waiting to hear the good news. Bells were to be rung, everyone would stop working, parties and festivals would start everywhere for people of all ages to enjoy. The big day finally came. But there were no bells, no celebrations, and the feast was cancelled. No one knew what was happening. In time, they came to believe that the baby didn't live, and everyone was sad and disappointed. However, sometimes what people think isn't actually what happened. In fact, the noble lady did have her baby, but it was not at all what she and her husband were expecting. First, the baby was a girl, not a boy. That was a great disappointment, as a girl couldn't become a military leader. But it was a lot more than that. This baby was very different from most babies, and they were too embarrassed to let anyone know she was their daughter. They didn't even want anyone to know she was alive. One of her legs was much shorter than the other. Her face didn't look pretty, as other babies' faces do. They also soon realized that she was blind. She was smaller than other children, and she had a hunchback, so that she would never be able to stand up straight. Her parents, especially her father, were very upset and ashamed to have a daughter, especially a daughter like that. They didn't consider her to be a part of their family and wouldn't even give her a name. A servant took the baby to the church to be baptized and named her Margaret, which means beautiful pearl. This was a funny name to give her since she was not very pretty at all. Little Margaret was hidden in their castle, and only a few servants who took care of her even knew she existed. One day, when little Margaret was about six, she was making her way around the castle as she liked to do, hobbling along with her bad limp and feeling her way, holding on to the walls since she couldn't see. Someone who was visiting her mother saw her and started talking to her, but a servant rushed in just as the stranger was about to ask Margaret who she was. Her parents' secret was still safe. Her parents didn't want to take a chance that anything else like that would ever happen again, so her father had a special room added to the small church in the forest, where he made Margaret live all alone. The room didn't even have a door. Little Margaret was put inside, and then the last wall was added to lock her in. The room only had one window where people could pass food and other things into her. She could also listen to Mass through the window. She stayed in that tiny room for almost 13 years. By listening to the birds outside, she could learn whether spring and summer were coming, which would make her room very hot, or if it was winter, which would explain why she was so cold. 
The priest became her good friend and taught Margaret all about God and the Holy Family. He also taught her how to pray. Margaret wasn't sad or angry that her parents made her live by herself because she believed that God was with her and she thought that it was a special gift from God to be set apart so she could live only for Him. She also learned that she wasn't really alone. Jesus was right there in the tabernacle, and she could talk to him whenever she wanted. So that was what she did. She spent all of her time talking and praying to Jesus. A war broke out in her country, and everyone had to leave. Her father fought in the war since he was a soldier. They took little Margaret to a safer city and hid her in an underground cave. Margaret spent all of her time praying that the war would end quickly and that her father would be safe. She loved her parents very much, even though they had never shown her any love. Although little Margaret was used to being hidden away all alone, she missed the fresh air and the sound of animals and birds. She also really missed listening to Mass and talking to the priest. She had to endure this life for over a year. When the war was finally over, her parents knew that they had to do something with Margaret. They had heard people talking about a church where miracles were happening, and they wanted God to cure Margaret. They knew how much Margaret loved God, and they thought that surely God would answer her prayers. So they took Margaret to this shrine in the town of Castello and ordered her to stay there all day and pray that God would cure her of all that they thought was wrong with her. They didn't even stay with her to pray. Margaret believed that God had made her special and that he loved her exactly the way she was. She didn't want to disobey her parents, though, so she prayed and asked God to cure her only if he wanted to, but not to cure her if he wanted her to stay the way he had made her. When her parents returned in the evening, they found her exactly the same. She didn't receive the miracle they were hoping for. They were not happy. So without Margaret knowing it, and without even saying goodbye, they returned home and left Margaret all alone in this strange town. When night came, the church had to be locked up. Margaret waited on the steps in front of the church hoping her parents were just late. She stayed there all night, but by morning she realized that they weren't coming back for her. She was scared. She was alone, with no money, no extra clothes, and no one to lead her through the streets and crowds. She didn't know what to do. She was completely alone. But she knew it was time for her to learn to be independent and take care of herself. Some poor beggars found her in the morning and were nice to her, and they became her friends. They taught little Margaret how to beg for alms to earn money, and they helped her to learn her way through this strange new city. Due to her blindness, she relied on her cane to guide her, and used it also as a crutch to lean on as she limped through the streets. The other beggars also helped her to find places to sleep at night. Sometimes a farmer would let her stay in his barn, which Margaret liked a lot because it reminded her of the baby Jesus in Bethlehem. As she became friends with people, 
Margaret would share everything she knew about her faith with them. She was especially talkative about St. Joseph, who was her favorite saint. She could talk about him for hours. Thanks to Margaret, her new friends began to love God too. Everyone who knew her could see what a happy young lady Margaret was, even though almost everything about her life should have upset her. Eventually, the Dominican sisters saw how holy Margaret was and offered to let Margaret come live with them. They also thought that they could help take care of her, but to their surprise, Margaret was quite independent and was more interested in helping others than in being helped herself. Margaret was so happy because she finally had a place to live, and more importantly, she could continue to learn about God. She was so glad to be a part of this new family of Dominicans, and she did everything she could to follow all the roles that the sisters were supposed to follow. Some of the others didn't take the roles as seriously as Margaret did. They became jealous that Margaret was living better than they were and doing more to please God. They thought she was showing off. They forced Margaret to decide between easing up on her prayers and good works or leaving them and moving out. This was a very hard decision and it confused Margaret. She wanted to do what she believed God wanted her to do, but she also loved having a place to live and people to call her family. In the end, however, Margaret knew that she had to do what she thought would please God and depend on Him to take care of her. So she left the convent. When Margaret returned to the streets, all of her old friends welcomed her back. Some poor families tried to let Margaret come and stay in their homes whenever possible. In return, Margaret would do whatever she could to help them. She would care for the little ones so that the parents could work to earn money. She would help the children with their homework, which is amazing because Margaret never had a formal education. It was a special grace from God that she knew about things that only educated people had ever heard of. During this time, Margaret was invited to join a group of Third Order Dominican women called the Mantelate. They dedicated themselves to prayer and good works without becoming nuns. When Margaret joined them, she spent her days visiting the sick and the prisoners, bringing them food and medicine, and helping them in any way she could. Of course, she also prayed for them all the time. She was so close to God that often people she prayed for would immediately get better. Sometimes she would be in such deep prayer that she was lifted right off the ground. Many people grew closer to God just by watching her example. Finally, a wealthy family offered to let Margaret come and live with them. Margaret agreed, but decided to make a little room for herself in the small cold attic and not in the nice, warm, fancy room where the family wanted her to stay. She spent many hours every day in her room praying. One day, a fire broke out, and everyone had to get out of the house as fast as they could. They almost forgot about Margaret, who as usual was in the attic praying. When someone hurried back in to get her, she calmly came down the stairs and threw her cloak on the fire. Amazingly, the fire in the whole mansion immediately went out. When Margaret was 33, 
her friends could see that she was getting weak. They knew that her body was not as strong as other people's. They could see that their friend would not live much longer. She died on April 13, 1320. That day is now her feast day. Her friends truly believed that their little Margaret was a great saint. After her funeral, the priests wanted to bury her in the cemetery for the Dominicans, but the townspeople wanted her to be buried in the church. A big argument broke out right there in the church. Someone at the funeral brought their disabled daughter and laid her down next to the body of Margaret. Miraculously, Margaret's hand moved and touched the girl. Immediately, the girl was cured. Everyone rejoiced. Now they had proof that Margaret should be considered a saint. Eventually, the people got their wish, and Margaret was buried in the local church. Many years later, when the church was trying to decide whether Margaret was really to be called a saint, they decided that they needed to look at her body. When people die, their bodies return to dust. But that didn't happen to Margaret. Her body looked the same as it always had. It had been almost 700 years since she died, and she looked almost exactly the same. It was yet another miracle telling us that yes, Margaret might be a saint. Thousands of people still go to the Dominican church in Castello in Italy every year to visit her and ask for her help. You just listened to Blessed Margaret of Castello by Megan C. Gannon, read to you by your door to door storyteller, Marie Palmer. Thank you for listening. Used by We Are One Body Audio Theater with the permission of the licensor, granted under a copyrighted license agreement. A production of We Are One Body Audio Theater.